Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Post Ride Cafe. I'm Sam. This is Aaron. Welcome to episode 23. Uh, sounds a little weird. Where are you at? Weird. Man? I was like, is there something different? A little bit. I'm assuming uh, this setup, audio-wise, is going to be a little different. Oh, oh, you know what? I'm I'm in Utah, dude. I'm in Moab. Oh, you're not sitting. That might be it. Nope, nope. A whole different state right now. Huh. That would explain the awkward delay between our conversation. (laughs) I mean, it's always awkward, but more so now. All right. Well, cool. I'm getting. I'm excited for this week's episode. Uh, before we dive into that, let's just talk about what we're a little brief overview. Continuing team breakdowns. We're having uh, Mickleton Scott, or as they're now known, uh, what is the name of their now? Team Manuela Foundation, as well as Lotto Sudal. And uh, we're also going to touch base on a couple news stories and uh, cover our ride of the week. But uh, yeah. first, how can people find us? Yeah, they can get to us at Post Ride Cafe on Instagram and at Post uh, Post Ride Cafe on Twitter. Awesome, cool. Well, let's jump right into our Strava stats of the week. Stats. I did it again. I got 109 miles, and uh, sadly, only 2,000 feet of climbing. I'm that's really killing me. Yeah, I mean, it's it's climbing seems like it's been hard lately. I guess we haven't been focusing on it because group rides in general. That's yeah not their focus um so it and we've been doing more of that so it just i guess is natural correct what about you uh 151 miles i don't know what happened i had some climbing 7350 feet of climbing it's true a little low in mileage but you had a good climbing week yeah all right cool well let's jump into our rides of the week uh first i'll start i did the shade tree ride today uh, the sunday group ride i attempted to start in the A group. So last week I had made a comment that I needed to build up to the A group. And someone was like, you just got to start doing the A group. And is you just keep trying until you, each time you stay on a little bit longer until you kind of just are in the A group. So you always have the B to fall back into. And so I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do that. And uh, well, say that someone is, wasn't even me. No, Some, somebody else told you that. Yeah, I think it was Austin or something. Anyway, the, it went as well as expected. So ride it's pretty neutral up until they reach a certain point and then it hits and so did all right there but they it's very shortly after that they make this right turn and it has not not like a climb or anything but it's one to two percent and then a couple little three four five percent little rollers and i just couldn't maintain the speed on that and i got dropped pretty much there so uh, found a couple other guys in the a group that couldn't handle it today and we kind of formed a little groupetto pack and Joined up with two or three B group people, and we kind of had like a B plus group. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, I was going to say the last time I did that, I, I probably had the best positioning that I have had with them there. I was maybe fourth or so in the line at, at that point, because that always hits me too, because everybody kind of hits it, and the like three three percents are kind of my, my worst thing, and... And I feel like I'm always kind of yo-yoing or just working a lot on the back and being up fourth or so, mm-hmm. it, it makes it a lot easier. Or So it was nice the last time that I was able to do that. Yeah. No, it was a good turnout. There was, we're seeing a lot more uh, youth coming. So we had six or seven young, young bucks and it was pretty cool. And then, yeah, we ended up doing our B plus. We got to Lafayette where we turn around 
and we saw the A group coming, and then when they passed us halfway through Lafayette, I think like Arcadia or fit, whatever that first light is, we jumped onto their, we jumped onto the A group until we got to right before you go the Invergordon up over Camelback, mm-hmm. and make that right turn in the neighborhood, and I, we kind of lost them there again. But so I got I got some amount of A group time, but it's it's a work in progress. But I think my best hope is to continue trying and then jumping on earlier on the way back and seeing if I can maintain. Part of that was some bad a bad turn i took a bad corner and i lost lost the wheel and then i hit a light right after that so they were everyone was gone so i had to pull a uh, aaron and skip the golf course <laughs> and catch up with everyone on doubletree and we caught the a group right as they passed doubletree right as we were coming up to it and i tried jumping on the wheel there and i was going like 28 29 trying to catch up and i just a couple hundred feet away and i just couldn't do it and i had to just pedal back but overall it was a pretty good day it's tough, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I commend you on the effort because just jumping onto that, like, it's it's a big step. Yeah. No, I was hitting with this guy, Brian. We were kind of just taking turns pulling and stuff. So even if I don't ride the A group, I want to spend more time, like I said, doing a little more pulling on the B group because I like pulling and it builds up strength regardless. And it just, I like to be helpful. So it, was, it's, it covers all the bases. Sweet. Yeah. So what uh, what was your uh, ride of the week? Uh, I think it's got to be the one from this morning. Oh, oh man. I uh, When I was coming out here, I kind of looked at what was available for road biking because I wasn't going to be my road bike. I was going to bring the gravel bike just because kind of Moab's traditionally known for mountain biking. Uh, and I had found this loop uh, that they do, I think the Grand Fondo every year of they use that loop and it's called the LaSalle loop and the place we're staying is right on it. So I was like, well, it all makes sense, but yeah, it's about, uh, 60, it was about 65 miles for me and 5,800 feet of climbing or so. Uh, I mean, first off, I mean, it's spectacular, but it's super windy out here. And I think the, the first 30 miles, my average with some climbing was like over 25. And so it was just kind of crazy, um, but super pretty. Like you turn up and they actually have a really uh, amazing BP, as we like to call them, a little bike path that goes along the Colorado River. So if you were coming out to to do that that ride, you can actually not have to go into like the mountain mountain portion where there's no lane and you could easily get a 50 mile turnaround ride or something on there really pretty area all on a path um but yeah basically once once i turned and the climbing actually started it was tough and i was just like where you would be start to descend you would get hit with wind and then when that died it felt like I like looked down and I was like, it's harder than I think or than it should be. I thought I was descending and it's like 3%. And like, it is just like a variety of like three to 6% just for 20 miles. And then a couple like long stretches of 10 plus and, and then some wind and you turn and then, you know, like start to descend and you're descending one of it. I was going, full on like maybe negative 8% and I was going like nine miles an hour because it was just like the wind was just holding me up 
Um, yeah. But I, I mean, at a point, I, like it was windier yesterday. And so I was like, well, I don't really have that much time. So it's like, you, you got to do it if you want to do it. Like it, it may get better. It may get worse. Yeah. But well, it super also, pretty. It also looks, it looks like you were kind of at elevation as well. And you dip down a little bit, but you're basically five, six, seven thousand feet. Yeah, I peaked out at around 8,000, uh, a little over that or so. So I think that that definitely played a part. I haven't gone up and been riding at elevation at all. So it's you just lose that power. Um, either way, I mean, it was it was an awesome ride, but it was it was pretty dang hard. Oh, I bet uh, it looked pretty as hell, like riding next to the river and everything. That's sort of what makes cycling so much so much fun. Yeah, it was. I was gonna say it's a maybe it's got to be the top couple of bike paths I've ever been on, uh, and so yeah, I shot some good video I think. So I'm hoping that turns out well and work on that. So hopefully we got a got a video ready this week as well for it. So if it came out good, it it, it you know it should be really nice. Awesome. Well, cool. I'm glad uh, you were able to do that. You know, it's one of those things where you kind of plan on a trip to do something and sometimes it doesn't work, but seems yeah. like it just worked out just great besides a little bit of wind yeah oh and then one other quick thing that i went down to a bike shop over here and was asking about it and they were just like super helpful of i was like hey i'm looking to ride this this loop they were like you should do it clockwise and you know you should go around this time this is kind of what you can expect they um they were like there's no water fill up so i i wore like my vest as well so i think that was like moab cycle race so it was just nice that they were just super helpful to give info yeah no that's pretty cool nice little shout out to them for sure yeah awesome well cool well uh i'm excited to get on with next week as well i'm looking forward to cycling all the time it's just i'm in that <laughs> spot where you know you're making progress and you have goals and it's just fun yeah it, it makes it yeah setting a goal or going to plan on something it, it makes it it makes it fun yeah, kind of break up the monotony of the weekly rides and hitting your weekly mileage goals or whatever. It's nice to shake it up. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, let's move into some cycling news. There's just a couple of stories I wanted to touch base on before we hit the team breakdowns. But the first one looks like the Vuelta had finally been able to replace those two stages in Portugal. They're having some issues getting those to run with COVID and all that stuff. So... They changed them from sprint stages to basically medium mountain slash like breakaway stages. And this is like near the end of the, the Vuelta. So it's in the third week. So they just added two more mountain stages. So <laughs> kind of interesting to see how it goes. They're not like big mountain stages. They're just a couple cat twos and threes. So, but it'll be either breakaways or people on the, on the limit. It could be really entertaining stages. Yeah. I feel like it's, I know that one day, like where Dumoulin cracked, it was a little different because it was a hard, it was a really hard day, but it, it could be one of those where somebody tries to take advantage as well. Yeah. If it's not just a breakaway, they're like, okay, maybe I'll, I'll push it. Or we, you know, if you can get over that one mountain and, and hold a gap out there, there's certain guys that can do that. Yeah, exactly. No, it has a potential. I mean, it's the Volta is already, in my opinion, one of the harder Grand Tours, just as far as climbing goes. There's just so much mountain climbing and mountaintop finishes that to add two more to it, that was already a pretty tough G, uh, GT that's just going to make it even tougher. 
Yeah. Yeah, just another – just the Volta is always the weird one. You never know what's going to happen because of the way the, the stages are laid out, and this just adds even more. So it, it, who knows what could happen in this in this race? Yeah. I would say uh, also with, you know, altitude here, we got uh, Campinarts who uh, has yeah. been, been training a, training in an altitude tent and uh, feel, trying to feel like a rider on EPO. Yeah. S- something mean, along those lines, his words. The EPO tent. You know, I was commenting on a, on a Reddit thread on this and someone was like, well, this is a very common comparison and they compare it that way all the time. And my take on it is like, why would you even want to compare them? You know, it's like, hey, doing an altitude tent or an altitude camp because it's good for my physiology. I can get more red blood cells and it helps me be form, perform better. It's like, yes, people used EPO for this exact reason, but you don't have to compare them. Well, you don't I don't think you ever want EPO and your name in the same sentence. It, not even if it says Perfect. he doesn't do EPO. You just don't ever want the two linked together because it, it opens a door. You Like you said, you could have said anything else. You know, yeah, I'm trying to get, you know, these altitude gains and this and that, and everybody does it. It's obvious. But you don't want to put the thought in anybody's mind, and then it becomes, you know, are they trying to get ahead of the the potential getting busted and be like, no, it was just the, it was just the altitude tent. Like that was, you know, he's not doing anything. Yeah. It's just weird and not a good move if, if you're a a clean writer. Yeah. Well, I can only imagine their PR guy was like, Oh my God, what is this guy saying? Like you got (laughs) PR Reese on your, on your squad now is the DS and like he has a checkered past and you just don't need to bring that into the mix. Like you could have just avoided saying that altogether yeah i I don't see a a benefit to it yeah well we'll see how that pans out but i just thought that was so silly when i read that my first reaction was like really yeah not thinking no well so they announced a change to the tour flanders so you know everyone is excited they have decided they were, I'm sure it's, I don't know the reasoning. I'm sure there's, I didn't read into it too much, but they did end up removing two of the climbs. So it reduced the the whole race by 26 kilometers. So now I think it's like 231. So I mean, still a long day in the saddle, but having said that, people are upset because 250 plus, there's something about that distance that just, the strong survive. And you saw that in the world championships. Yeah. You see that in every Tour of Flanders where people who you don't think could beat somebody in a sprint or whatever, they just have slightly better legs at that extra distance. Yeah, it's kind of a a marker of a monument. Like, you have to be this distance and and this hard. I thought the weirdest thing, I had briefly read that Boonen was, like, on board with it. And I'm like, you of all people who has won all these and... I don't know. I I was also just kind of like tossing around in my head that he said the a potential for a comeback for himself, and I'm just oh, like, I didn't read this. That. that was maybe a few weeks back or a week ago. I'm not uh, sure on it, mm. but I was like, is he is he trying to have an easier race for himself? He's like, all right, I can get back into this if it's. I don't know. I was just it was just weird for him to support that. I was like. 
doesn't seem like the right person for it. I mean, if it was like Michael Matthews and you're like, hey, can we make this a little easier? I mean, like, I totally get that. Like, easy as possible. Maybe he gets an extra teammate or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in the end of the day, like with everything going on this season, nothing really counts. It feels like everything's so different. And so it's different times of the year. It's shorter or whatever. Like there's so many differences in this season that it's sort of like an asterisk season. But it's still going to be a great season because A, there's bicycling on television, and B, there's bicycling on television. Yeah, I was like, I've been waiting too long. <laughs> yeah, well, that leaves us to our team episode. Let's get into those. I'm excited. So our first team is going to be Mickleton Scott, and I will admit I was a day behind on the news. I went to go look them up on Pro Cycling Stats just to confirm some information, and I couldn't find them on the team's list. And I'm like, man, where are they? And then I see this Team Manuela Foundation, and I was like, man, it must be some sort of like URL error or like some weird code error. And so I, they're the only team that wasn't Mickleton Scott, so I clicked it, and then all the Mickleton Scott guys are there. And I was like, that's super weird. And so I Googled it, and then, yeah, turns out that they have taken over that team for the remainder of the season, and moving forward, you know, they'll be known as Team Manuela Foundation, who has, you know, a couple of team i think a continental or something and then they're they want to expand more into cycling to advertise their foundation basically yeah the weirdest thing that their foundation doesn't exist yet it's i think they said it's supposed to be like announced announced in october yeah i'm sure they're just investing more funds and then going to make it i think they're making it more global so they have more of a they're a spanish fund uh, foundation and so they're kind of focused and they want to outreach more globally starting in october for whatever reason yeah, kind of odd. Yeah. Anyway, so let's get into the 2019 stats for Team Manuela Foundation. They were ranked ninth, and that is down two places from 2018, so not too much of a change there. They had 35 victories, 13 of those in the World Tour, uh, 12 of those being stages, and five of them being stages in the Grand Tour level. Uh, Trenton had won a Tour de France stage, Yates won two Tour de France stages. Daryl Impey won a stage in the Tour de France. And then uh, Chavez won a stage in the Giro. So pretty good Tour de France stage-wise for them. Uh, 2018 comparison, 33 victories, 17 of those in the World Tour with six GT stages. So pretty good stage hunters, it it, it appears. Um, As far as their identity, shocker, they're stage hunters as well as GC-focused pretty exclusively. They've been dipping a little into sprinting, but... They also are the king of stupid nicknames, in my opinion. You know, Yatesy and... Uh, Turbo Durbo. You, yeah. You got to add a Y on, on everything. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so they didn't really sign anybody that I could tell, but their key losses, they only had one real loss. They lost Matteo Trenton, and uh, Matty Heyman, I believe, retired. So no shocking pair of Bay wins for anybody. <laughs> yeah. It's a bummer we can't hear about that. Dude, trust me, you can still hear about it anytime you want. Sweet. Who uh, who are their key writers, anyway? Yeah, so they got uh, Simon Yates and his brother Adam Yates, uh, Esteban Chavez, and Luca Mezge. Yeah. So m- mostly GC, and like I said, Mezge is kind of popping up in the sprints this last uh, early start of the season and late last season, so... But yeah, mostly a Grand Tour type team. 
Um, so my question, my first question is, how are they going to survive without Heyman? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think they'll be just fine. They, they've moved away, I, I think, from that type of team anyways. Uh, and like you said, we're still going to hear about him every Peru Bay and just every now and then in general. So I, I think they'll be just fine. Yeah, there was that picture of him, like his suffer face on that. I mean, you know, when he won that, it was awesome. But after hearing about it for the millionth time, you just get sick of it. Well, yeah, I mean, that's all it really comes down to. It's like, I don't know, like when throw out a, a football reference here of like, I think when Madden was still announcing and they were just all over Brett Favre and like, that's all they just talked about. And I mean, yeah. I stopped watching after that, but I'm sure they do the same thing for Tom Brady and all that. Just like, all right, yeah, we get it. Just let it go. True. Well, Tom Brady is the greatest football player that's ever played football. Dude. <sighs> all right, we'll move on from that. <laughs> all how, right, do you, uh, uh, how do you think Simon Yates is going to be doing this year? You know, Simon Yates, I really like him as a racer. He's very aggressive, but I think as we've seen, he is sometimes too aggressive. And so I, I think he's going to – I don't know what his schedule is. I don't know what race he's going to do this year. I thought he was doing the Giro before, but I think he has the potential. I, I don't think he can win the Tour de France. So if that's where he's going to be focusing, I think he can top five for sure. Um, a podium wouldn't surprise me, but he's not a great time trialist. And I just I don't think you can be competitive in the Tour de France without having – some sort of competent level of time trialing, especially with the competition. So yeah, if he does the Tour de France, I would expect him to go to the Volta or something. Uh, but I don't, I don't think he's going to win one this year. Not, not now. Like before I would have said yes, but with everything that's gone on, I don't, I don't expect it. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And yeah, I just don't know as a team. I, I know they have a lot of, key players and they work hard for each other i just don't know yeah. if they have the depth needed uh, kind of the same thing with adam yates and i saw chavez just recently said or it's a little bit i think out of context of just the language translation but basically said he wants to win or thinks he can win the tour de france i, I don't know if it was this year or soon yeah he just hasn't looked very good in the last couple of years. I mean, just to, I don't know if illness or whatnot, but he hasn't looked good. So it, it's hard to say that he's going to come out and, and do that. And then it's, then you get into those situations of who's supporting who, where I feel like at a point where I think it was the Giro where he was doing really well a few years back, you'd have been like, okay, that's going to be a clear leader on this team. And now I'm just not so sure. Yeah. Well, I think with, with Chavez, they had, what was it, a year or two years ago, they had that um, half-season show on Amazon or whatever where the, they followed the, the chef of the team and it also had highlights from the season. I know yeah. Chavez had some sort of injury, and so it was pretty shocking just for him to come back to racing. So for him yeah, to now true. feel confident enough to compete at that level – I think everyone's excited and, and would be willing to cheer him on if he was able to get in yellow and, and attempt to win the Tour de France. But yeah, I don't know his time trialing prowess. I mean, he's a pretty small guy, so I wouldn't expect him to be up there with Dumoulin or Roglic or Froome or somebody. And so, again, it's still really tough to be able to win the Tour de France you know, without the, the time trial. I think with 
with this team in particular, even if they go in with two riders or whatever, I think they're one of the few teams that's like, all right, we're going to just back this guy now that he's the clear leader at that point. They let the road decide, and, and they're willing to just – there's not enough ego on that team. Even with the Yates brothers or Chavez, they're willing to just step it back. Yeah, I think they would work for each other no matter what, like you're saying, as opposed to some teams that are – I'm the best writer and people should work for me regardless. Yeah. I feel like that's a that's an, a real characteristic. Man, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Mezgek. He had a pretty good 2019. Uh, what do you think he's going to do this year? Do you think he will, he'll be building on that? Is he going to win a Grand Tour stage and – you know, is he going to, I don't even know if he'd go to the Tour de France, but maybe the Giro or something. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. I, I feel like he's, he can do those hard, hard day sprints and maybe, uh, you know, a harder uphill finish as well. It's tough because it's like you, I think you just have to come in with that right form because there's so many good guys that, mm-hmm. that are also in that, that fit that category now. I feel like a little little while back it was like mainly Sagan and GVA like those were the guys that you would look for for a, a tough uphill sprint that wasn't quite tough enough for a climber. But now you you got you got Wout who could do it. You have um, Vanderpool that you can do it. You have Al Philippe that can do it, and, and probably a, a few other guys. I feel um, like there's one name that might be missing. Nope. Mm, okay cool <laughs> but yeah you're right there definitely is a handful of guys who who have that capacity where before it was you know one didn't know is um the frenchman um can't remember his name now the guy in ftj can he do a slight uphill mm, you're talking about pino no demar oh that guy's garbage yeah but i thought he was a little better at like slightly uphill uh, I, I don't know. He seems to always get spit out the back when any type of hills come. So it, that would be tough for me to think that he would excel on that. I, maybe. I don't know. Just uh, trying to remember. Uh, as far so young riders is in a, another category we like to look at with 23 and younger, unless you are Hugh Carthy and I just make an exception. <laughs> uh, but on, on this team, I only saw one. They had Eduardo Affini. He's 23. Mostly an ITT guy uh, currently, but he was sixth in the uh, sort of prologue stage six tour of Britain. And on the tour of Norway, he won uh, stage four. So like I said, mostly ITT, you know, kind of guy, but, you know, it's always nice to add those to their team. I know this team likes team time trials and stuff. So if it's just someone else to help them and we'll see how his career progresses. But that was about it on that. Yeah. And then you wanted to cover... Yeah, they're key victories. victories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Adam Yates uh, at the UAE Tour, uh, he took a stage and the overall as well. And you had some good guys there. You had, you know, I can't say names, Pogacar, Pogacar, <laughs> Lutsenko, uh, Godot, Micah, Kelderman, Zakarin, and Valverde. So yeah. some good guys there. I mean, maybe they weren't all in form, but he he looked good. Uh, and then at the Jayco Sun Herald Tour or Herald Sun Tour, Caden Groves, uh, a young sprinter as well. So he's he's only 21. We 
throw him on the Young Riders. But kind of interesting. He won two stages there, um, especially since they had moved away from being a sprinting team. So he, there's always a place, I, I think, yeah. if, you, if you're not needing a huge train or if it's uh, not a grand tour. So, and I think he's Australian as well, which I don't know with moving to potentially a more Spanish team. I don't know if that'll change their composition down the line, but just one other thing. Um, and then the Ruta de Sol, uh, Jack Haig won uh, stage one there. Yeah. Well, that one was, I don't know if it was stage one, but he did win a stage. That was a, such a, again, I mentioned it before, that race was just super cool. It just had a couple really good, strong breakaways every day, and you had, you know, strong riders. You had uh, Fuglesong and Jack Haig and Stoyven or somebody or no Dylan Tunes, and then you also had Brandon McNulty. Oh, like that was that was just a cool race. That was the the turn, the little crash and turn yeah. thing there. I don't exactly. Know if he was involved in that one, or if that's yeah. the one that he won, but. Yeah, I don't know. Probably one of my favorite races of the season. That was just, you know, the cool. early season was super cool. And, uh, man, well, I think we're going to have an even more exciting second half of our season. But So 2019 uh, to 2020, do you think they're going to be better or worse this year? I'm going to have to go worse. I think they had pretty good season last year, and I just don't see that that coming again. Yeah. Well, I, I think they could have a similar season. Unfortunately for this team, they seem to do, you know, the last two years they've gotten five and six Grand Tour stage victories. So they're doing well in Grand Tours. You know, a lot of World Tour teams don't even get one uh, stage win in a in a Grand Tour. So I think they have the they have the riders to obviously do that. But their target is always the podium, and they never seem to get there. So. You know, they're either going to get on a podium or they're going to get more stage victories. But I think they're going to be basically the same. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. I I just think with the, the short season and I think they're about the same quality as last year or earlier this year or however you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. I think there's just some, some unknowns of how people are going to come in. And I feel like the Yates is... I mean, they're good, but I feel like they overperformed a little bit last year. Like, they were looking really good. Hmm. That's interesting. I think they haven't performed to their potential, actually. You know, they ha- they shown, at least Simon. Adam, not so much, but Simon has been way more consistent. And they're both 27. So I think their best years are still ahead of them. You know, they started out pretty young, and if they don't burn out, like, they're still in their prime. So, you know, I think Simon's only going to get stronger. So I think he has the potential out of this team to win another grand tour we'll see how it goes man we will well that brings us to lotto sedal um 2019 stats they were ranked eighth and up six from 2018 they had 23 victories 12 of them in the world tour all of those stages Uh, eight of them were caleb ewan and then six of those were grand tour stages one of them being de ghent finally nabbed his first uh, Tour de France victory there. Compared to 2018, they had 25 victories, but only seven of them in the World Tour. But they did win a Classic. So their identity, uh, they're really just a stage hunting team. They do have Caleb Ewan, so obviously sprinting, but they love stages in the Tour de France and big G, big uh, Grand Tours. Uh, 
Um, their Kings, they had some good signings this season. They picked up uh, Philippe Gilbert, a little older, but always potential. And then uh, John Deckenkopf moved on over to that team. But it did come at a price. They lost a few guys. They lost Tij Benut, which we talked about a few weeks back. Really, uh, really like him. Campanerts and Jens Kukuler. So they did lose a couple strong guys. Um, but yeah, their key riders are Caleb Ewan, Thomas DeGent, Tim Wollens, Philippe Jobert, and Degenkob. Um, I didn't see any, like, young... Well, there's one young rider. I'll let you hit that one. Oh, I was going to say just... Uh like thoughts on the team in general though yeah. especially with i i mean i one i like the team a lot i like their fighting attitude i like that they mm-hmm. are in breakaways i like that they stage like they just go for what they know kind of you know like all right we're gonna try to win a stage we're gonna try to win a classic they they don't yeah. have a, a main gc guy i also like jobert and, and dagenkob coming on i think Jobert is trying to put in the last little bit of fight, and he looked really good last year. And I think Dagan called this could be his year. I think it's kind of, I mean, it sucks because it's a short year, but I feel like we're almost at a make or break point for him of like, is he going to come back? Yeah. And he, he looked like he had the fight in him and that he wanted to last year as well. So, and being on that kind of team, I, I think it, it could all work really well. Yeah. Well, we've talked about it before. You know, besides our, our favorite teams, Lotus Odal is our second favorite. We just, like you said, we both enjoy their attitude. I love that they're always attempting to win anything. You know, they're always in breakaways. You got DeGent, who's just, you know, always in the break. That's his thing. And then you have Caleb Ewan, who's young and, and punchy, and he wants to set a name for himself and really make a mark on the sprinting world. And so they're just a hungry team, and they're growing. You know, you can see they moved up six spots from 2018. You know, they're investing and in getting good riders and quality talent. And so, yeah, they're just exciting to watch, in my opinion. Yeah, and um, I think a big one was Caleb Ewan. Uh I never still really liked him. I, th- I think probably just he just got so much credit before he won very much. Um, but he had a great season, and I think he's been really good for the team. Uh, they yeah. have a good lead-out man for him, and I think I think he's going to kind of do more of the same in, in 2020 for them. Yeah, he was definitely consistent. And, you know, he called his shot. You know, you got to give the guy credit. He said, I'm going to have a I'm going to go to the Tour de France. And I'm going to win. And I'm going to do this. And then he just did it. So, yeah, yeah, he definitely had that reputation going in, but he he backed it up. No, I, I agree. I mean, I definitely give him credit for it. Yeah. Now, as far as uh, another guy who's called his shot and has failed to deliver, uh, Degen Cobb, you know, he's had his his injury when he was on Sunweb or, you know, Giant Shimano, wherever they were named at the time when they got hit by a car. Uh, training and so he had a finger injury and he had problems with his grip and shifting and stuff and so he's never really seemed like he's made it back and that's been you know five or six years now so you know he did have that one Roubaix style stage in the Tour de France and he's looked well recently Uh, and I think on Trek he didn't have the support and then he had his team manager calling him out in the paper you know so just not a good relationship it didn't feel there and so I think he'll have a better relationship at Lotus Udall. So it just makes you hopeful that he's going to have a redemption year, so to speak. 
Dude, I was going to say DI2, dude. He can just, boom, just touch shifting. There you go. Isn't He's that the, the thing uh, for, I think it's, I think it's uh, Book Malama where he, he yells like fucking SRAM because he's just yeah. like pissed off because it won't shift. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. hey, dude, maybe maybe it was SRAM the whole time. Maybe he, he's going to get over here now and he's going to have some Shimano DI2 and be like, we're set. That would be pretty hilarious <laughs> if he just started winning a bunch of shit. Yeah, <laughs> and that would be cool comes to out see and him. Says it. <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't know if he can win this year, but I could – his favorite race is Paris Roubaix. So if he if he won that this season, I thought I think that would be pretty awesome. Yeah, I agree. It's it's all those guys where you're like, all right, if my favorite rider doesn't win, like I want to see this guy win. I I think he's up there for me for for Roubaix, just in general. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that leaves us with you know we have Degent, right? He's known as a breakaway guy. It's kind of a paradox. He has this reputation for being like the shoe in and a breakaway, but he doesn't really win that much. And so he won twice in 2019, but he just has this reputation for being this like breakaway guy. And he obviously spends a lot of his time in a breakaway, but he doesn't seem to transition that into actual results. And so, you know, he's, he's 33 now. And so he's in his prime, so to speak. And so I just wonder if now that the season's different, I don't know if he's going to have more wins or what is he going to do? You know, I, I just, what are your thoughts? I, I just have no idea. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, he could be kind of playing it off kind of as, I mean, they could use him kind of as a foil where, you know, other guys don't have to work in a, a group, say, of a classic style race because he's up there or in a Grand Tour or just whatever it may be because they know he has the, the threat to win more so than other guys that are off in the break. Yeah, so I, think I mean, that's that definitely work. a way to use him. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, because, yeah, I swore that he won more than that. But, yeah, if he's not, it, it seems kind of odd. Yeah, like I said, it's his reputation precedes what his actually results are. But it's still he's one of the strongest and the biggest threat in any breakaway. The problem yeah. for him, I think it's like the Sagan thing where he's now a, a marked guy. It's true. So, I was going to say know. kind of. Kind of similar or a way that he could be used is, you know, Jobert moving into the classics for that team is he could be, I think, an excellent foil where or, you know, that satellite guy where how de Kunic kind of plays their cards where I think he could go off and hold it yeah. or, you know, they can wait for, say, Dagenkalb or I don't know if Ewan would maybe if it's more of like a... Uh, flat sprint style classic could could do that or or somebody else um but i think he has outside of what is it san remo that he wants to win or what's the last one that he needs uh gilbert he just needs uh, milan san remo i believe which yeah. is probably the hardest for his style to, to actually it's true but i i think you know they'll probably try to go all in for that and then he'll just work I think for everybody else during the classics, I, I think that's kind of maybe the bargain that he had coming in being a little older. And it's like, all right, give me everything you can for this. And then I'll work as much as I can. And you know, obviously they know he can for everybody else sure. the rest of the year. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I know that's his biggest target of the season. So 
you know, I think everyone is pulling for him to win that race. But we, Everybody but me, because I want Sagan to finally win. <laughs> it was, uh, is any, like, Domestique going to be in the race? Because he has a challenger. Who is that? Just any Domestique, like Kiwakoski or somebody. Oh, that's fucked up. <laughs> All right. Well, last rider I want to talk about is uh, Tim Wellens, right? I really like Tim Wellens, but he doesn't seem to be getting there. Um, I know he. I'm hoping he can win. I think I see him as more as a, a road captain, but I also see him winning those week-long stage races. He likes to suffer. He likes prologues. He can do a little time trialing, I believe, and so I think he has a, a potential to win week-long stages. And I just. I wonder if he's going to do that this season, and, I, and I'm I'm hoping he does. Is he the one who won that uh, kind of like uphill time trial in I'm trying to think? I think that was a week long stage race, and he won. I think feel like he won two stages of something of that um, maybe last year or the year before. Uh, I don't remember. I'm, I'm going to see if I can look it up, but I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, it was him or DeGant, so if it wasn't DeGant, then I, I feel like it was him. But I think they were doing, um, yeah, I'm trying to I'm blanking out on which race that was. But I feel well, like... He, he won the yeah. Tour of Poland. Uh, yeah, that's not what I was thinking of, but it was uh, it was like a week-long stage race. He won a like a time trial, and it was kind of weird. Like, people were like, that's odd for him to win a time trial and i think he just tried harder hmm. yeah, i don't know i can't remember i just know he's always his skill set is very strong and it's well-rounded and I, I don't think he has the capacity to do a three-week stage race but I, I think he has the potential to do one weeks and this team is set up for just that kind of thing yeah no i i think i think that makes sense and you know we've talked about before like some some of these guys should just be focusing on week week long races. You're never going to be a grand tour rider, but there's nothing bad about winning a Paris Nice or like it's it's still I think a lot of uh, a lot to add to your Palmares. Oh yeah, well it gives you a stronger position in a in a contract negotiation. That's for sure. It's true. Yeah, real quick before we hit the the 2020 victories. I wanted to hit on young riders. I saw one, Brent Van Moore. He's 21. He got fifth in the under-23 World Championship time trial, uh, and he also was sixth in the under-23 Paris-Roubaix and ninth in the under-23 Tour Flanders. So very strong for his age and obviously shows potential in the classics, which fits right in with what this team's trying to do. Yeah, no, I think that's that's an awesome pickup and somebody they can develop, and especially with Gilbert being there of – kind of taking young riders under his wing like it's i think it's perfect oh yeah for sure no it's a it's a good good time for him to be on this team with with gilbert's experience he's obviously very um great to learn from in the classics for sure yeah and then just so there are key victories uh of this year so far uh three stages at the tour uh down under two of those to uh ewan and one for holmes and one stage for uh, Ewan at the UAE Tour. So looking looking good, like he's still on form and is going to carry over his last year pretty well. Yeah, no, definitely more of the same from him. Like I said, he's their most consistent rider for sure. We going uh, better or worse on here? 
Oh, man. Um, you know, they had a great season, but for whatever, I'm just going to say better. I don't know. This team is just so full of positive energy to me that I think even with the few people that they did lose, I think Degenkob is going to have a strong season and Ewan's just going to nail the Tour de France, I think. And so I think they're going to have, relatively speaking, a better season. Dude, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull that move where, you know, you, you order something at a restaurant and I'm like, no, it's too weird to order the same thing, even though I want that. Uh, no, I think that I think they're going to be better as well. Yeah, I just it's just a hunch. I mean, I don't have any data to back it up. But I just I just feel that they're just poised to, for that breakout season, and they had it last year, and I think they're just going to grow. Well, and I think it's kind of we mentioned a lot of these and how the season's a little weird, and so it, it, maybe you're not going to get the actual better stats just because it's not physically possible. But I think as a team, and obviously we don't know, and losing Benut is, is, I think, a big thing. But I, I don't know. I just, I like Gilbert. I like Dayton Kolb. I feel like they'll get along well. I feel like they fit in with DeGent and Wellens. And I just feel like there could be really good chemistry with the team, which is yeah. going to create a better situation and a better team. Like, even if you don't get those wins, you're a better team. So I, I think that's kind of where we're going yeah no i agree all right well that uh wraps it up today i don't want to uh take up too much more of your time i know you're hanging out in moab enjoying the easy life so i'll let you get back i to do that. love the easy life uh next week i i decided to fill in the show notes appropriately so next week we have uh, movie star <laughs> and uae team emirates so that'll be pretty be fun. A good I'm looking one. for oh yeah i'm looking forward to it yeah Cool. Until next week, have a good one. You too, man. See ya.